Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Happy Halloween. Uh, October is coming to an end. November fast approaches. Right? November, Thanksgiving. Then Christmas, right? Summer's over, but I am out here at Fairmont Park. It's 80 degrees in October. And, you know, I mean, this is just the norm now. It's like summer can last into October, November. Like, it's still fall time. Listen. You hit a crunch, you hit a crunch of the leaves, ow. So basically, it's just, you know, global warming, you know? I mean, I guess that's it. Some people don't like hearing the words global and warming together. They get real upset. It's hot out. What about that? Anyway, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. It feels pretty good. It feels real good to be here at Valley Green. Fairmont Park, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to call it church. Church 2, away from Storehouse Church. Sometimes I long for this place. Like, I, I, uh... Like, you know how, like, you crave, like, uh, something, coffee, cheesecake, cigarette if you smoke, something like that. Like, I crave doing this motion right now, like, recording the podcast, being in nature, talking with you guys, because the feedback's been great. I really appreciate, you know, all the positive comments, text messages and stuff like that. Um, it feels good, you know what I mean? It feels good, like, to know that the message is getting out there to people, you know? Even the ones who don't want to hear it, you know? Even the ones... Like, uh, who have gone astray from the pack, you know? It's okay. I'm not mad at you, dude. And I'm not trying to convert you. I'm not trying to do any of that, like we talked about. But you're listening, right? So maybe there's some sort of truth that's laying beneath the surface here that you feel attracted to. And guess what, baby? You're welcome to this attraction, okay? It's the law of attraction. That's what brought you here. We're two like-minded individuals. I'm speaking to your ears right now. And you're processing the information, and I'm, like, you know, I'm getting rid of, like, uh, I'm getting rid of all this energy right now by doing a podcast, I realize. Because sometimes I'm, like, not tired afterwards, but I feel, like, like, 100% satisfied. You know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, that was a good one, you know? And I'm hoping today's podcast is like that, you know? Before we begin, uh, a few days ago, a dear, dear cousin of mine, Carl Ross, Plymouth Meeting, passed away. Carl uh, was 77. Um, what I would like to say about Carl is the, the world is hurting right now. My community is hurting. My family is hurting right now because the man was so loving. He was so... Such a personality, but the personality that you are attracted to because, you know, it, it's very rare in today's world that you... You have somebody in your life who's checking up on you. And I know this action of checking up on you, you know, like it's just a simple thing. But you know what? We don't do it like we used to. I check in on my friends, you know, and Carl checked in on me a lot, you know. He, he would send me text messages. He would he would always be rooting for me, like if I was doing like a concert, or if I was writing a screenplay. And he would say, uh, love you, man. He would say it like that. Love you, man. Like he, like he meant it, you know what I mean? And I would always say back, I love you, you know, and it was like our thing. And he had passed and I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to him. And uh, the last couple of days I've been praying and the last couple of days I've been, you know, just sending 
my my thoughts to him and just you know i i really appreciated his presence growing up i appreciate his presence uh, when i was a child because when he came over to my house the mood was immediately lifted you know what i mean it's like almost like david letterman johnny carson jimmy K- like the talk show host enters and band like the whole thing just comes alive you know what i mean carl had that panache he had that energy he had something about him you know he had a wonderful mustache too and if you got a commanding mustache look what it can do for you just check tom Selleck's career out for for example okay the other thing i admired about carl is he was a hustler and not a hustler in the way where he was like gonna rip you off or something he just enjoyed the odd job right and the odd job is fun for people especially like myself because it's like you'd like to get into different things you know and like we've talked about this before here like the idea of like you know um uh like a career it frightens me you know what i mean it frightens me so bad where i'm just like i you know i gotta do this for 30 years Carl was somebody who loved to switch things up, okay? And, like, I think I might have been 6 and 86. Maybe it was 87. I don't know. But there was, like, this craze going around. I don't know if it was national, but I know it was, like, local in the community. It was when Charles Chips started getting delivered to your house. And Charles Chips was a, a potato chip delivery service back in the 80s that came in a very large tin can. You may find that tin can in people's basements for storage. You may find it elsewhere. I don't know, but it's a treasure, I used to think because I was so young that, you know, is it possible that, you know, you can get Carl from Charles? Because it felt like he owned Charles Chips. He was the chip man, you know? And then uh, the other memory I have, which I will never forget, is like uh, my dad being like, yo, Cuz is going to buy, Cuz is going to go sell Christmas trees over at the shopping center this winter. And I'm like, what? Like... So yeah, he went and he bought a whole bunch of Christmas trees, man. And he, where Panera Bread is, there's like a building there now. But like years ago, that was gone. He had that lot. And a couple of times I would go up there with my dad and we would watch Carl sell trees. And what I remember is like, see, that's back in the day when winter was like really winter. Like it was cold, dude. That and black ice, people were tripping all the time. But I just remember like how happy Carl was to be in the community, being with people, being with his sons, you know. He loved his son so much, Justin and BJ, and he loved his daughter, Carly. You know, and they, they were my cousins, and, you know, I know they're hurting right now, and if they're listening, I just want to let you know that your dad really was everything people are telling you. He's an exception, because many people don't do what I just said, and it's like checking in on people, making sure they're okay. He would send me texts just out of the blue, you know, and uh, I'm going to miss that, you know. Last night when I got done work, I drove by his house and I saw his his work van in the driveway and uh, dude I just I miss him and um, I can't wait to see him when I get up there in heaven and I know he's like probably with me right now as I walk and podcast this but the world lost a great one you know he did many different jobs but the best job he ever did was to love people. And he was so good at that, that his legacy will live on forever. And, you know, I mean, there won't be a moment that family won't conjure together and he will be at the the very front of their thoughts because he was such a loved man. So rest in peace, Carl. I love you, buddy. As you used to say, love you, man. I love you, man, too. Uh, I, uh... I was going to talk about my wife. 
it's our anniversary and I suck at math. I know we've been together for 23 years. We dated for a while before we got married. I can't remember what year it is anniversary. I know that sounds like bad, but like, hear me out here, dude. I'm not a math guy and I'm not like into like numbers. <laughs> you know, I just, it, math makes me scared. Math makes me feel sweaty. You know, it's like garlic to a vampire. It ain't no fun for me. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's frightening. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to celebrate the anniversary, so I'm going to talk about my wife. She probably never listened to this, but, I mean, if you do listen to this and you know her, maybe you can say, hey, your husband really loves you. So I met Teresa, so I met her, yes, 23 years ago we started dating, but before that, here's the interesting thing. She doesn't recall this at all, but I I remember everything, okay? For a guy who's on the, you know, the cutting edge of uh, holistics, I remember it all, baby. Okay, so... Tom Montemere, my prom date, uh, senior prom, 98. He was like my best friend in high school, and we did everything together. Matter of fact, we used to come here a lot, different section of uh, Fairmont Park, Valley Green, but we do Devil's Pool a lot, and do um, various different stretches. And uh, he was dating this girl, Teresa, and I was like, I don't know no Teresa in school. He's like, nah, man, she goes to the girls' Catholic school. We got to go up to her house real quick. I just want to say hello. And I'm like, all right, yeah, we'll go up there. So she lives up in Plymouth Meeting, like just off Jolly Road, you know. And like um, we walk into this house and she's her parents are away for the weekend, you know. So she's having like people over. It's like a, you know, a party atmosphere. The first thing I, I realized, I was like, oh, my God, she's beautiful, you know. And I was very, I was kind of like uh, jealous, you know. No, I, was, I was jealous, you know what I mean? I really wanted to to I just had feelings for her but Tom was my best friend you know what I mean and I was like I'm not gonna go there you know what I mean and at the time I think I had just broken up with my girlfriend in high school and uh, I had a hard time uh I I just wanted to be with the boys what's that saying on uh, social media Saturdays are for the boys or something like that I don't know but I mean like I was in that mindset I was in a rock and roll band called Delta 9 with Kevin Quinn Brian Letterman Craig Cromiller and Mr. Crickmore, who was an amazing bass player, who always wore his hat backwards and sunglasses, amazing times. I just wanted to be with the boys, you know what I mean? I wasn't into it, but I did remember thinking, God, she's gorgeous, you know? She had, like, very striking eyes, and, like, also, too, I was kind of scared of her. And uh, for me, personally, it's just my preference sometimes. I shouldn't say sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I am turned on by... Being scared, I know it sounds nuts, but Teresa could be intimidating with her eyes, and the, I was just so into it. But here's the other thing that I remember. I remember going to the bathroom, and this was like before, like 23 years ago. This must have been maybe 26, 27 years ago. I remember going to her bathroom. The bathroom's still there. Her uh, dad still lives there. And uh, there was this giant crucifix, like, standing there. like, And it was so big, but it just looked so Excuse me, it looked too big for the wall. You know what I mean? You ever see something like, dude, put this somewhere else. This is like massive, you know? And Teresa, I brought it up to her. I was like, hey, like, what's up with this crucifix? It's so big. And she's like, I go to Catholic school, blah, blah, blah. And then that was it. But like, I find it interesting that years later, reflecting back upon all this, one of our first conversation topics was Jesus Christ. And in the recent podcast, you know how I feel about my boy JC. Watch out now. So, I, um, 
you know, I, I had put her into like a lockbox in my mind. I was like, man, I, one day maybe I can get a chance to tell her more and tell her that I thought she was beautiful, you know? So I guess it was what then, like three years later, I remember being out of high school. I remember being in that limbo period of your life where you're like, dude, where do I go? What do I do? How do I, you know, like your whole life is high school, right? And like for folks like myself who attended community college first, actually, I never went to a college overnight. I never had that experience. I never, uh, I mean, I had visited fraternities, you know, Tom, the guy I was talking about. I went up to Penn State several times with my buddies. But for me, school was like work, you know what I mean? I wanted to get in and out of there. But I remember like being in the 13th grade at Monco and just being like, this is weird, dude. You know what I mean? Like I felt, I, it didn't feel like it was real. Like, cause it's like almost like a shell shock for some people, especially like for me. Cause I was very, um, I love socializing in high school. You know, there was no social media. So everything was a like button, a comment, a heart or a, a you know, a retweet or whatever you want to call it or reacts. You know what I'm saying? Everything was fun. Everything was vibrant, you know? And, uh, I remember being invited to this party, uh, right by where Teresa lives off Jolly Road. And when I walked in, there she was. She was sitting at the table. She was wearing the blue ringer shirt she still has, restaurant in Wildwood called Dad's Place. I'm not really sure if it's there anymore. Regardless, the shirt still, still lives, still breathes. And she had her hair in pigtails. And those same eyes, dude, staring back at me. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm falling in love already. And uh, I remember she was playing cards. And cards is like always, I think they were playing uh, asshole. And I didn't know how to play drinking games. It's not that I didn't know. It's also because I was like pretty much undiagnosed, uh, like ADD, you know what I mean? Like not, not to the point where like I couldn't function, but it just it's hard for me to listen to instructions back then. You know what I mean? So we played the game and like, you know, we had just, we hit it off. I remember the conversation just being like easy, you know, and like, don't really remember what we talked about because it's a different like time. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like probably talking about some sort of current event. I don't know what we were talking about, but I know that we enjoyed each other's company so much. In fact, that she invited me back to her place. Right. So once that happens, you know, everyone's like, oh, this is where the story gets crazy. How you doing? Yeah. How are you? Photo shoot? Okay. It would be a perfect photo, though, just letting you know that. Um, so we go back to her house, and uh, there's more drinks, right? And I remember, like, you know, being like, I don't... I, I, I've never been a sleazebag my whole life, okay? And I'm being honest with y'all. You know I'm an honest person. And I just didn't want to sleep with her. Like, I mean, like, I slept in her bed, but I slept with all my clothes on because I didn't want to rush into it because I really did think... My God, like, this could be the one, you know what I mean? And she tells me a lot that, you know, she really uh, loved that about me. And I remember, like, being like, damn, dude, I'm never sleeping in jeans again. You ever sleep in your jeans? Like, not on purpose? It sucks. So I wake up the next day and I got to go to work. I got to go to uh, Ritz Camera, one-hour photo of the Plymouth Meeting Mall. And I, you know, like, when you... Uh, first meet somebody and like uh you know you're hitting it off and like you know everything just seems to be revolving around the two of you um god i it was such a intoxicating feeling i remember like 
not, I remember working uh, 11 to 7.30. And I remember being like, is it too soon to pager? And that's how <laughs> old I am. I paged her, you know? I paged her, I think, with the boss calves number. And she called me, and I was like, hey, what are you doing? And she was like, uh, I'm having people over. Because her parents were away. That was Saturday night. So I went, and then... We partied, and I believe I did have to work the next day. I left, and then we came here for our first, like, alone date to Valley Green. And I remember she was wearing, like, a long black skirt, like, with, like, cargo pants, and she looked so cool. And she was intimidating, dude. She still intimidates me. That's why I love her. And um, we just talked, and, like, I remember, like, that summer, uh, she attended St. Joe's University. I helped her move in, and I was very scared because I was like, look at all these dudes that are, like, six-pack abs and, like, perfect haircut. Meanwhile, I'm, like, a little doughy, and I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm like, is this really going to, like, work in my favor? And uh, I was nervous, to be honest with you, because I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, what, what happens, right? The girls cheat on you in college. But we, uh, we stayed together. I attended a couple fraternity parties there and realized I didn't miss much when I was... Um, you know, going to uh, community college then Temple. I mean, like, the behavior was, like, just weird, man. A lot, a lot of people peeing their pants, you know what I mean? Or peeing their bed, or peeing in hampers, or peeing down hallways. Just weird stuff, man, you know what I mean? A lot of urinary issues going on there at the uni. And that's what the Australians call it, by the way. It ain't college, it ain't university, it's uni, mate. So, um... Yeah, we were falling in love at this point, man. We are falling in love in the city of Philadelphia. We were going to TGI Fridays down there on City Line Avenue. Just having, like, the best times of our lives, you know what I mean? Because it was so, so special. Because we met each other during a time when there was no social media. There was no, like, shit like that or nothing. Like, that was stopping us from being, like, the best versions. Thank you. He let me cross. And thank you. Appreciate you. We were just there in in life, and I remember thinking, "Man, she's so fun." And then I realized she also had like a, um, she had this issue. And I bear with me as I share the issue because you can see how far she's come. She had like a social anxiety issue, and I wasn't, um, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to deal with that because like uh, I, I was in a band, everything, like, let me think. Like, everything revolved around... Because um, there was no social media, so everything revolved around how good you could chat it up. And you got you to think about that for a second, right? There ain't no post, there ain't no story that you can... Oh, the band's playing at the Whip Paint Tavern tonight. Here we go. There was none of that, dude. So it was all just literally your voice. So I was, like, kind of apprehensive. I'm like, oh, my God, like, she's, she, she's okay if we're at a party and a couple of drinks, but if we're sober, she could have a panic attack. And then I, I learned... A couple things about myself. One, that it's not all about me. I remember the, the, the first like moment as a young man being like, I got to take care of her because I love her. And I remember thinking to myself, this is so sad, you know, like that somebody could have so much anxiety that they like literally could like couldn't function. It was the first time I ever seen it. This is a legit panic attack, which I had had later in life where I shut down. Your body shuts down. You get flooded with cortisol. Your brain's like, dude, what's happening? Why are you doing this? I'm trying to have a good time here. And you're prohibiting. Yeah. So we started to work on it together. I would sit with her. I'd rub her, hair, rub her legs, rub her you know, head. Whatever I could do to soothe her, you know. 
And the weird thing is, like, today, might as well just skip to this part. So, like, today she is the exact opposite. In fact, she got baptized at Storehouse Church last week, and she made a proclamation speech to the entire congregation. And I was just like, look at her. Like, I remember the panic attacks, and now she's up there on stage killing it. She became a boss where she was running 15 people at this other company for a while where she'd run these meetings on Zoom during COVID, and she would try to be the the best social person possible. And the thing about my wife, which I love, is that she cares about people, you know? Like, our jobs... I've, I've said it before. Like, my job is not... It's not anything to do with me at all, you know? It's something I gotta do, you know? And Teresa knew that, and she knew that people had issues. In fact, she had one employee, I won't say his or her or they's name, but like, you know, she would like be a therapist for this person, you know, and like work through problems, sometimes personal problems that were kind of scary, you know? And uh, she's done such a great job over the course of the 23 years we've been together. So yeah, I asked her to be my girlfriend one night. I never forget that because I went back to Brian Letterman's house and I told Rick Denton outside. Uh, I, I asked her to be my girlfriend, Denton. She said yes. And I remember him like turning, looking at me, smiling, and just being so happy for me. I miss Buddy. He, he, Buddy moved a little bit far away. And um, God, I, I still think about him all the time. And it's weird how sometimes like, you know, you get not see somebody for 10, 15 years and like that love just doesn't die, you know? And I was very happy, you know, and we dated and I think, I think we were together about a year and I was like, winter time, I remember at the Boscov's, I worked at Ritz Camera inside Boscov's at the Plymouth Community Mall. Coincidentally, today there was a black bear spot at the Plymouth Community Mall, uh, which is wild, like what? So it's winter time and she's like in the full like, you know, gamut of like St. Joe's University, you know, party life, social life, probably dudes knocking on her door. And I go to her one night as a Sunday night, I remember. Matter of fact, I know the exact date because I wrote it in my diary, November the 7th, as the, as the tally vote comes in. Matter of fact, I think this is when, yeah, dude, the tally, this is... I believe this is the um, election where Al Gore wins and then they take it away and it becomes Bush. If you don't know that part of history and you're new to the show, hey, check that out because it's wild. There's this place in Florida that like determined that whole election. So check this, okay? I go to her house. You know, the news is on. She's studying for a test and she tells me, uh, I think that I, I remember being a little... I have this, like, issue when, like, I fall in love, like, I smother with, like, I just blanket you with love, baby, you know what I mean? Like, I was writing poems, like, all this stuff, you know what I mean? And, like, I think I might have been putting on the wrist a little bit too hard. And she was like, yeah, I think we need to take a little break, you know? I think we need to break up. I was legit devastated, dude. I never, uh, I never had been dumped. It was my first dump. Coincidentally, it's my wife, which is insane, but... Uh, <laughs> let's check it, right? So she breaks up with me. And I'm devastated, dude. I remember going home and I think I cried and like, I, I was angry. I remember smoking cigarettes in the driveway, pacing back and forth. How could she do this to me, you know? And uh, I, I, I tried to move on because like, you know, we just start dating in the summer, but there was something about her, dude, from when I saw her with the 
crucifix back in the day to, you know, being in pigtails at this party. I couldn't shake it, really. I remember going out one time, uh, like this one night in Country Hawk and going to like a couple different bars and just, you know, the word was out that I was single or whatever. And like all these girls were like, you know, all about trying to, you know, hook up with me or whatever. And then I just moved on for a while. And I think it might have been like maybe three, four weeks later, I, I get a, I think it was a page. Maybe it was a cell phone call because I was working at Ritz. So it might have been my Sprint flip phone, you know. It sounded like you were talking to Max Headroom up in that bitch. Excuse me on language. I'm sorry. And uh, so it's Teresa and she's like, you know, how are you? Hey, man, how you doing today? like your bracelet. And uh, basically, she's like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, wait a minute. Is this a booty call? Or what is this? You know what I mean? And she's like, uh, yeah, you know, I'd like to see you. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not really feeling it, to be honest with you. And, like, I wasn't feeling it, to be honest with you, just because I was trying to protect myself at the time, right? And I'm like, all right. I mean, like... I remember working and I remember being like, look, there's this movie called Castaway coming out with Tom Hanks. I really want to see it. Would you like to go with me? And she said yes. And then she came to Boscow's. I get done work at 7.30. The movie starts at 7.40 in the year 2000, I believe. And, um, yeah, I remember she's wearing a red sweater. And I remember, like, thinking to myself in my head. And she gets mad when I say this, but whatever. I was like, wow, she's wearing a lot of makeup. This... She wants to get back with me? I was so dumb, you know what I mean? I thought maybe she just went to hang out, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. So we go see Castaway, okay? I love this movie, Castaway. I watch it every time it's on. I think I own it. I don't know where it is. It's never on streaming services. What are you going to do, okay? But the movie's message was pretty clear, you know? Like, love. He loves that chick more than anything, man. It's what keeps him alive, you know what I mean? My wife has kept me alive, too, through the years by being there for me some of my worst moments you know i told you all i got i suffer from mental health she's the the anchor that you know steadies me as i start to be like nah i'm heading out to sea she's like no you're not you're coming back to me you know and like i can't thank her enough on her anniversary for that and uh i see the movie Castaway. we drive back to my house i remember and i remember kissing her and then the next thing you know we were back together and we've been together ever since. So the movie Castaway, Wilson, you know, Chuck Nolan, these things hold such dear principles in my heart. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, a, it's a constant reminder of, like, you know, when you, you start something. Now, we dated for a decade, dude. I know that's nuts for somebody out there because they're like, wait, you know? But, uh, yeah, I asked her to marry me. One time she was a dead bride for Halloween. And I always tell her that that's the reason why, but I don't know if I've ever actually said it maybe you know what I have but I don't think I've ever like formulated into like these these sentences where I'm about to say okay so I had uh it's embarrassing but I mean like okay so basically I remember okay I had to move furniture and I'm moving furniture and I remember coming down the stairs with it this is like what maybe 15 13 years ago and I get to the bottom step and I just feel pain, dude. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And here, next time I go to the bathroom, there's like a little bit of blood. And I'm like, what the hell? And I was so, I couldn't get a doctor's appointment. And I'm like, am I dying? Like, you know what I mean? I, 
I, I never, I mean, I tell you all, but I, my OCD when I'm not on medicine can be very scary, you know? Um, I was pretty scared. I wasn't on meds. I was far from a therapist at that point in my life. What could happen? How could this happen? You know, like, it's actually very common if you, like, injure your testicle or whatever. But uh, I remember being so scared, and she held me, and she just told me everything was going to be okay. But I remember, like, this, this distinctive feeling of being, like, I could do this forever, you know? And, like, it's kind of crazy, right? Like, I get injured testicle. <laughs> I find out that my wife is more than anything I ever could have anticipated, you know? But, uh... <laughs> Hard, hard truths, you know. It wasn't too long after that we got married. We got married on October 29th, Halloween-themed wedding because we love autumn. It's also kind of funny that it snowed on our, uh, on our wedding day, which is wild. It was a big freak snowstorm. Some people couldn't make the wedding because of it. All of our plans for photographs got changed at the last minute, but hey, what are you going to do? It's all good, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to improvise, you got to adapt. You got to do stuff to make yourself... You know, keep on surviving. So, we've known each other for a very... I, I've known her half my life, right? I also knew her when I was a child. My adult brain didn't form until I was 27 about. You know what I mean? And, like, we've been through a lot together. And the secret to marriage is to go through a lot together and still be there for each other at the end. Here's some ways that I almost screwed up my marriage and perhaps maybe you can apply this to your marriage if you're going through something like that my wife and I are in a really good spot now because one I'm in therapy I know how to deal with my feelings now two I'm on meds <laughs> uh, I used to be anti-meds in fact I helped somebody get on meds a while ago who really displayed signs of depression really si showed signs of like a serotonin depletion and I'm like hey let me swoop in here and give you a hand so, cool thing is, is that she's just there for me, you know what I mean? And, like, we, we, I used to mess up because, look, my ego is out of control, dude, you know what I mean? You all know that if you're an advent. I don't even know what I just said. If, if, if you know me, right, you know me that, like, before COVID and all that, I was just trying to be the man, dude. You know what? Being the man... Is a really, really terrible way to live life. You're never really looking out for others, and that's what, you know, I think the most important aspects of life reside in is, is caring for others, loving others, and forgiving your enemies, and not trespassing against anybody, you know what I mean? Not trying to, like, hurt you. I don't want to hurt anyone, you know? My wife is like that. My wife texted me today. She was like, oh, I'm working over at Martha's Vineyard, which is a basically it's like a homeless like uh, food pantry. And, you know, it, we were. I, she's like, I wish I could do this for a living. I text back, I wish I could play in the worship band for a living. We she found the church, brought me into the church, brought me back to religion. She got into a fight with me one night because my ego was probably flaring up and I was being a dick trying to get what I want, not thinking about her. And she left, and when she left, I thought she was just going to her dad's, but she went to Storehouse Church. At the time, we were only going to Storehouse Church for Easter and Christmas because, you know, they had just moved in a couple years ago. And I think the thing that interested us the most is, like, they threw, like, a party, invited everybody in Plymouth Meeting when they first opened up. It caused quite a stir on social media because there was, like, a worship band outside and, you know, this, that, or whatever. 
but I didn't know where she was going, you know, we got into a bad fight, too, the type of fight where you're like, dude, are we going to separate, you know, and she came back, and she, and she said, first, she looked different, dude, I, I swear to you, she looked so different, and it just felt different, the energy was completely different, and she was like, I just went to the storehouse, it was amazing, I know we're going through some stuff right now, but I think we can get through it. And I remember, like, later that night thinking, you know how, like, um, supernatural events happen and it takes a while to process? I remember laying in bed just being like, you know, maybe there is something to that place. Maybe I should go check it out. And, like, you know, you fast forward, what, three years later, like, I can't wait for Sunday, dude. I never even... Sundays were one of the the worst day for me growing up. I hated it because I had to go to a Catholic church... It felt like um, being in the military. Stand, pray, shake hands, goodbye. You know, just like no substance, no depth to our God. You know what I mean? And like, Teresa definitely reaffirmed my faith in God. And she made me remember the relationship I had with Jesus when I was a kid. Which was like completely natural to me. And I'm so thankful for her on her anniversary I believe we've been married uh, 12 years, to be honest with you. But it don't really matter the number because I will be with her to the last breaths I take, you know. Carl loved uh, Cindy very much. Um, his wife Cindy is grieving right now, and somebody told me a story when they first met, just like I told you a story about when Teresa and I first met, and it's basically like... He he was married, I think, once before. It was with somebody before. I know he has another set of children. And um, basically, uh, he, she, Cindy went to the shore all summer long, but he had to work. But he couldn't let her go, you know what I mean? Like, he felt compelled to be with her. So he would drive down the shore every night and then drive back and then go to work. And it's just commitment, dude. You know what I mean? Commitment to somebody, dedication for the long haul. We talk a lot about how, you know, doing something for others, asking for nothing in return, being altruistic. We talk about that stuff a lot. But I don't know if we ever talk about, like, truly loving somebody and, like, how to do it properly. I'm no expert at this at all, dude. But, you know, I've been with her for 23 years. And I think at the core root of the whole kit and caboodle, it's all about communication. So the moment you give somebody the silent treatment, it's over. You know what I mean? So, like, being open about it. Throwing a child or throwing a couple of different children in a relationship, it can really, like, screw things up. Because, like, basically, you have no time for yourselves, you know? I think one of the cool things, like, for my wife and I is we, when we had Tyler, we were trying for so long to have a kid that now we do everything together. In fact, we're going away this weekend. And uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the whole... The whole story, you know, not just the beginning, not just the middle, not just the end, the whole thing. So my advice to you before I leave you this evening, you got somebody in your family you love, you know, send them a text that says I love you right now. No explanation. It could be you're listening to this at 11.15 at night. This person goes to bed, wake them up out of bed, let them know that you love them because you never know when it's going to be our time, you know, and when God comes calling, you got to go, you know, and uh, just want to dedicate this podcast to the loving memory of Carl Rost. 
We will miss you, buddy. My name's Bob. It's been another episode of the Bobcast.